Hello, I'm Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech. This is the Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Our podcast uses an interview format with industry and academic leaders and is intended for analytics-interested business professionals from the U.S. and beyond. Thank you again for listening to the Analytics Buzz. With us today, we have Mary Beth Gandy, Director of the Wearable Computing Center at Georgia Tech. And we're talking about the importance of data analytics in wearable device ecosystem. Thanks for being here, Mary Beth. Well, thank you for having me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and why everybody says you're so cool? Yeah. Uh, so I'm a computer scientist. Well, there you um, go. <laughs> and um, my uh, research since my graduate days um, is in mobile, wearable computing, augmented reality, um, all uh, areas that have become really timely here in the technology space because we're seeing a lot of consumer products now. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, you know, my the interest of the Wearable Computing Center is creating these like interdisciplinary teams that can solve like the big problems of wearable computing that are now very relevant since we have a lot of these commercial products. Right. Before, when I first started doing this work almost 20 years ago, it was building crazy prototypes that you might try in a lab setting. And you could come up with really nice scientific findings, but you couldn't make that leap to deployment because it was too expensive to make these products for Mm -hmm. real, or you couldn't really make them of the form factor that was needed. Now, suddenly, there's all of these great products that you can buy. And now it's the next step in the in the research, which is figuring out how do you do these things at a large scale and what happens when they're in people's lives for years? And you know, how is it going to change our culture and society and wow big impacts okay so all that just from background geez <laughs> so you mentioned 20 years you've been at georgia tech for 20 years i have actually because oh, wow. i went here for my undergrad you just and can't leave i know <laughs> oh, when my dad dropped me off uh in my dorm in 1993 i didn't realize i was making a lifetime commitment to georgia tech but wow. uh, yeah so i went here for my um bachelor's and master's and phd Um, And I was lucky to be here in the late 90s, right when the College of Computing uh, brought in a bunch of really visionary professors in the area of human-computer interaction. Awesome. Uh, And one of them was Thad Starner, who um, is kind of one of the fathers of wearable computing. Mm -hmm. So I started working with him in 1998. And this was still when the equipment was homemade you know, it would like catch on fire sometimes or well, <laughs> and electrocute I want, you. And I want to talk about that. So um, the wearable computing center and you talk about wearable devices, mm-hmm. just so we can set the stage because our audience is mostly data analytics, you mm-hmm. know, um, kind of um, mid-level managers or directors and things like that. So remind us of what, because this is your world, but it might not be ours. What's a wearable device? What are wearable computers or these things? Right. <laughs> so, you know, I think a very simple way of thinking of it is when you start to have a computing device that that you have a very intimate relationship with, and what I, and I mean that both literally and figuratively, like we we got pretty close with the mobile devices. You know, I know there's some statistics about people are never more than five feet away from their phones, like 24 hours a day. But still, um, when you decide to interact with that phone, 
it's the, it's this very deliberate experience, and all of your attention goes to that device. All of you know you may be using one or both of your hands. Your eyes are on the device. Your attention is on that device. Mm. Wearables are meant to just be there kind of as part of you and oh. par- and supporting you while you're doing other things. So mm-hmm. while you're going about your life, walking to class, working out at the gym, playing with your baby, you know, walking the dog or repairing an airplane engine or doing surgery. Wow. And so the there's a lot of uh, demands there related to the low-level technology so that it can you can literally wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a lot of user experience challenges. How do I build something that's not going to distract me or annoy me, that's going to truly help me, um, and that I will want to continue to use and have this connection with day after day? Can that be a type of watch? I mean, depending. Sure. Okay. I mean, the watches are kind of the, I think that's kind of what our culture is ready for right now. Yeah. You know, Google Glass, there was some kind of mixed reactions to that. And I think partly because it was kind of sci-fi, you're putting something on your face, mm-hmm. you know, and you're seeing, you're you're having this constant uh, mediated view from the computer. We're used to wearing things on our wrists. Right. Uh, that's socially acceptable. Um, and it and the watch does give me some of that sort of interface that I'm describing. That mm-hmm. you know, like while we're here talking, if I get a text message, I can just casually glance down and see right that as information. opposed to picking up a device right. or and looking might, at it. I might get and, some yeah. tactile cue. You know, so that's it. another term that that Thad and others have been using recently is instinctual interfaces. It's mm-hmm. more like when you drive a car, or ride a bike, or swing a golf club that you don't think. I am now going to turn right in my vehicle. <laughs> you know, you just do it. You can even drive home and forget that you even did it. No comment. Uh, right. <laughs> so I, I think the next step in computing, you mm-hmm. know, computings have been, have, computers are coming closer and closer to us. They used mm-hmm. to be mainframes that we couldn't even see. Right. Then they were desktop computers. But when you were going to use them, it's like, well, I'm going to sit down at my desk and use my computer. And then it was going with us places with a laptop. But you right. still had to sit down and use it. Then we had the mobile device. Now it becomes our clothing, our accessories implanted in our bodies, honestly. I, I don't think that's going to happen here in the next five years. But Right, right. But th- you're saying yeah. physically, literally, mm-hmm. like, they're becoming yeah. a part of us. Right, physically. But it's not enough to, for, to just physically become part of us because people re- re- will reject that. It gotcha. needs to integrate into our lifestyle mm. and our fashion mm-hmm. and our whatever the social norms are of our community and the kind of work that we do, you know, the the wearable that you might wear while you're going to be sitting in the boardroom mm-hmm. would be really different than what the construction worker would, would want and need. Fascinating. So the wearable device ecosystem, I get it. And we're talking about how data analytics ties into that. So what 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 is the type of data that's produced? Mm-hmm. I mean, there must be a tremendous amount. Oh, absolutely. And that's part of the challenge is just a whole bunch of data does nothing right. for you. <laughs> uh, and oh, by the way, would a medical, you know, like a diabetes uh, patients, don't they wear the pump sure. or something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, in fact, those those insulin pumps are really kind of one of the first examples of a real, you know, kind of computerized wearable technology that was pretty ubiquitous. And uh, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that about how. Um, the community of people that wear them have, there's a lot of efforts to 
people to personalize them. Mm. And there was a big push for the, the users to be able to get access to the data and then be able to program those devices themselves. Right, right. So it really shows like when you start to get such an intimate relationship with the technology, people really hunger for that ability to to work with it themselves and make it what they, you know, reappropriate it for their needs. Fascinating. So the, let's think of terms of the um, the insulin pump, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the insulin pump device, um, what kind of data would be generated? Like, um, well, so that is, and, and I'm not an expert on that. I, I, you know, actually, I think a really good example are the fitness trackers. Oh, great. Even better. Because um, that's what everybody gets for Christmas. Yes. Right? Okay. Uh, and then two weeks later, you probably stop using it, which is... <laughs> yeah. This shows one of the challenges that we have here because just having a little tracker that tells you you took 5,000 steps yesterday uh-huh. or, uh, you know, this was your heart rate, most people will say, okay, so what? You know, what does that mean? I've got 6584. Oh, nice. Yeah. Let's oh, let me I have to see how many I have here. I usually get around 8000. But see, that's the thing is I'm not just looking at how many do I have right now? At least I can think in terms of what is it normally, right? You know, yeah. what's my am I outside of the norm? I need to get I need to step up the pace. I've only got uh, I've only got two thousand. I better walk around campus before I go back to my <laughs> office. Um, but so those are very ubiquitous right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a problem with long term like adherence with um. using them. And so the first opportunity for analytics is that. Just collecting data via sensors on the body is only the first step. Gotcha. Um, From there, the system needs to be able to aggregate data, filter data. um, If you want to get even fancier, be able to come up with high-level insights from that data that can be shared with the user. Um, So uh, before before we started recording here, you and I were discussing um, some diabetes work uh, Mm -hmm. that various colleagues have been doing in College of Computing. And... Um, you know, telling someone with diabetes, uh, this was your blood glucose readings throughout the day, and this is when you ate and you exercised, most people would have a hard time coming up with any gr- higher level understanding. Like, what do that. I do with right. that? Yeah. But maybe the insight might be from the system, uh, maybe you're eating too late in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's still not the end of the process, all right? right? So the there's the data collection, there's the data presentation or visual, you know, maybe information visualization. You said John Stasco was here the yes. other day talking yes. about that. Um, so you got to do analytics to do that part. Then there is this moment where the user has to understand what you're presenting to them. And maybe they need to find their own patterns, or maybe they can take these high level insights that you've generated for them. Uh, but that's still not the end end uh, because the user then needs to be able to come up with some strategies as a result mm. like i just said maybe i'll go walk around you know campus, campus a little bit before. Right. or for the person with diabetes they might decide um oh i'm going to try to eat dinner earlier but they need to make a, a decision that's actually correct mm. you know because I, I could also make the decision that in, i won't eat dinner at all now and I will smoke a cigarette instead. You yeah, know, it's like yeah, a kind of a joke. Better. But right. like, um, so people need to then come up with strategies and behavior change mm-hmm. that is, you know, leading them toward whatever the, this goal may be. Um, and so, I think you need analytics at various stages here to help people make sense of the data and come up with strategies, and then this feedback loop of assessing whether those changes 
were worked. meaningful, right? right. Like yeah. if I walk around the campus and, you know, maybe for a month I do 5,000 more steps a day, mm-hmm. how do I know, what has that done for me? You know, and um, then there there's kind of more of a meta uh, usage of analytics, which is the evaluation of these devices at once they're deployed. Mm-hmm. Um I, I was mentioning to you that I was at a, a International Safety Equipment Association meeting recently. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of companies there that make things like hard hats and rubber gloves and work boots. And it would make sense that they're kind of interested in what does wearable technology mean for this business. Yeah, absolutely. It would make sense that you would be embedding sensors in the, in these things. But they need a way to show their customers that there's real ROI on this mm-hmm. in terms of safety, in terms of, you know, money savings, in terms of worker productivity or worker happiness. And um, that's another place you need analytics to help. You know, you may have a whole bunch of information about not just from the devices, but from the the workers uh, that were wearing this and um, did and also uh, about the performance of the garment. Like, did the hard hat break more often because it right. had this technology in it or uh, there there was an anecdote I heard from NIOSH where they were putting they were studying sensors on miners mm-hmm. um, and the sensors were about air quality but they also put an accelerometer on it and they noticed that um, the accelerometers were like not moving because the the miners were taking off the sensors they were and like, just forget leaving this. them yeah. there a lot right? of good that does right so you've got to analyze this data to really get a sense of what is happening when mm-hmm. it gets deployed in a real setting for yeah. a long time. Is it actually working? Mm-hmm. So it sounds, um, it sounds, what I'm hearing is it's more about not necessarily the data, but it's more about the insights mm-hmm. that they can produce. And uh, second, there's this feedback loop that yes. should be happening. Like what is the user because it, it also sounds like it's very much about the user. It's about the human element, which mm-hmm. um, even though we're talking about wearable devices that are computers, mm-hmm. it's really all a part of a person. Oh, yeah. And then third, um, how do we know this is working? And so mm-hmm. is this actually benefiting us in some way? Mm-hmm. It sort of reminds me of um, this this project that I worked on years ago for um, a technology company, and it was firefighters and police chiefs. Well, yeah, the firefighters and the police officers, um, I learned that they wear this device and it monitors some of their biometrics because oftentimes when they don't make it in a crisis situation, it's because they have like a heart failure. Yes, yeah. And so they need the chiefs to pull them out of the burning building or whatever that situation is so they can, able, you know, they're able to monitor it. Would that be an example? Of- oh, absolutely. Okay. Right. And, and <clears throat> that's a very interesting human-computer interaction challenge because... Fine, you're collecting all this data, but everyone involved in that is in a high-pressure life-or-death situation. Yes. How do you present this guidance, these insights, this visualization of the data in a way that every that someone's going to be able to do something with it? Yes. You know, the, if the chief is monitoring, you know, ten different things at once, um, and and then what does the chief say to the person? Like, if, right. if they now think well, you may be in in danger, what? Now what? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and a cynic, a cynic would say, are we letting um, our wearable devices rule us? You know, are they telling us what to do? Or what would you say to that? Because I bet you hear that all the time, right? Uh, uh, well, except that we're really good at being stubborn and not listening. Yeah. Right? I mean, if, if 
really our problem is probably the other way around, right? Yeah, we, we don't listen to them enough. Especially <laughs> when it comes to health. Right. You know, I always explain, uh, there's a um, company that we're doing some work with right now and uh, where we're looking at measuring stress. Mm-hmm. And when I first started talking with them, they said, oh, well, this measures stress very accurately. Therefore, that will reduce stress. If we show people this number, you know, or this in these insights about their stress, they will be less stressed. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, a scale shows you a very accurate weight, but you don't lose weight because because you you saw that, especially (laughs) like, oh, it's so accurate. I'm now going to lose weight. Um, You know, so... And, and that's also because m- many of these interventions for something like weight or um, management of diabetes or uh, nutrition uh, doesn't fit with the individual's like personality or lifestyle. Um, and so it's kind of dismissed or it's just impossible to do what the system is telling you because mm. it again it's not it's a impractical good, or yeah yeah it doesn't fit with that person so mm-hmm. it needs to be something the insights need to be customized oh, they yes. need to have yeah. you know okay so i'm hearing um in the front end it's not just about the capture of the data but it's how we can absorb it what we mm-hmm. can do with it what kind of um, recommendations can we get out of it and in the back end there is an assessment of um have how have how have the behaviors been modified? Mm-hmm. And that's our goal, it sounds like, is we need to modify behaviors mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of times for uh, what seems like quality of life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, the the second part of the back end has to do with are the devices actually doing what they're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. You know, are they actually mm-hmm. working? Interesting. Right. Okay. And is it worth investing you know, even though I'm a technologist, so I walk around with a hammer looking for a nail. Right. Like, no, let I hear me you. use augmented reality on this problem. Somewhere. <laughs> but I am, you know, very aware that maybe I don't need an augmented reality system, you know, for this. Maybe a paper booklet of instructions would do just as well. So a lot of, wow. of my research is doing, taking a hard look at these technologies and, you know, being able to show to someone it, it really makes actual sense in whatever uh, measure, you know, to go to the trouble to implement this technology. Because it doesn't always, it sounds like you're saying, yeah. right? It doesn't yeah. always make sense. So where do you see um, where do you see data analytics going with wearable devices? Well, so... The future. You know, the, the wearables that we've talked about so far today are, the again, the ones that you see very commonly commercially right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the vision from the academic world, you know, where we've been looking at wearables you know, for for almost 30 years now, um, is how can you have not just a passive sensor, but how can you have this computing system that is just always there helping you, kind of anticipating what you need, whether it's information or, um, you know, some sort of sensory improved senses or physical support. Um, and... You, you might be surprised to learn that a lot of the early wearable research was of that type. Like, gotcha. So making these the systems that are, quote, unquote, contextually aware. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of know what you're doing and what you need. And they know about you and your personal needs. And, you know, rather than the, the, the mobile phone that, like, I have to decide, 
oh, I'm about to go home. I need I need directions. Let me get out the phone and look at it. And, you know, a, a, an ideal wearable device would just kind of know this was happening and would be giving me some maybe some even kind of peripheral awareness of right. like what right. the traffic's like and, um, you know, that I might want to stop on the it, the the restaurant and get takeout on my way because of, you yeah. know, my husband's had a hard day or like, yeah, what, yeah. Right. Um, it gets connected with him as well. Right. 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 Oh, um, wow. and, and a lot of times the modalities there are not, you know, looking at a screen, it, it might be like Google glass, but it could also be like audio tactile feedback. It might be part of my clothes anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So the, it sounds yeah. like the anticipation and wearable devices being able to get in front yes. of where we are now, like, here's what's about to happen, right. and here's how you can maybe act on and, it. And, you know, there's some of that on the mobile devices right now. But yeah. to really achieve this grand vision of wearables, we need much more of it. And obviously, analytics are needed there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for because now we're not just talking about some heart rate data and some accelerometer data, but um, be able to look long term at, like, where you go and what you do and um, the kinds of information that you access and mm-hmm how information should be presented to you so that you can make sense out of it. Um, You know, like, for example, a a perfect wearable would know that what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And maybe it would be prompting me with some little cues to, you know, help me seem like I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But it would also realize that maybe I can't really be interrupted and I don't want to sound foolish so it can't distract me too much. Mm -hmm. Versus when I walk back to my office, it might now give me a bunch of information about like emails that I need to handle or, you know, show me pictures of my daughter at daycare, you know, to make me reduce my stress. I don't know. Right. But, something. But yeah, but to make those services be meaningful, mm-hmm. you've got to have this back end like analytics that's making, again, making sense. Making out of sense all. of it. Okay. Uh, what one piece of advice, this is great stuff, by the way, Mary Beth, I'm, I love your area too, by the <laughs> way. Um, what one piece of advice would you give an analytics professional interested in learning more about wearable device improvement through analysis? Hmm. <clears throat> Maybe acquaint yourself with the vast amount of wearable computing research that has gone on. Mm-hmm. I think people that aren't from this research domain don't realize again, that there's decades of yep. work. Yep. And you might dismiss something from 1995 thinking... It's irrelevant oh, yeah, or yeah, something. Like, or... Oh, technology's advanced so far. But in fact, although the technology has, the applications and the ideas that people had were still way ahead of what we have right now. Right. And it would allow you to start thinking again about, like, where is this field going? Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a whole bunch of grand challenges, you know, to make that vision possible, mm-hmm. um, and we need people from the analytics world to be participating. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much, Mary Beth Gandy from the center. What do you call it? The, the direct, wor- the wearable computing center. Yes. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Mary Beth Gandy, for being on the Analytics Buzz. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks again for listening to the Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Please connect with the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech via our website. And join my network on LinkedIn, Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center. Thanks again and have a great data set.